People seem to forget, if you change today, today will change your life. For a limited time only, for those of you enjoying the podcast, I'm offering a free coaching session. That's right, a free coaching session for those of you who want to improve in their performance or their business or their relationships or any other area where confidence is a key ingredient. Then on the Self Belief Chief site on the podcast page to selfbeliefchief.com forward slash podcast, underneath the episodes, you'll be able to book your own coaching session for free with me. Or wherever you're listening to the podcast in the description, there'll also be a link to be able to book your session. I look forward to speaking to you soon and let's get on with the podcast. Hello, Tracy. Thank you very much for joining me. Um, so we were just talking before this about the COVID world that we're living in as well. But uh, how are you personally? How is work going? How is all of that stuff in trying to inspire people from uh, from from your own home? How's that going? Yeah, I can't really complain about the work stuff at all. I actually ended up using COVID so well that the last three months, I am, I'm almost embarrassed to say, have been like my best business months ever. <laughs> and part of that, I think, is ramping up inter- my own brand as opposed to just my client's brand, international podcasts. I'm doing like this one and speaking to people around the world and continuing to network and market. And you're not even markets, which is networking and you doing media, which is resulting in you know the same result as marketing would right here from my, you know, my basement. So none of us, part of what I talk about is how none, you know, as much of a drag as this all is, none of us are really uh, limited by it. And there are actually a whole bunch of new opportunities. And if we use them well now, we'll come out well on the other side, maybe even ahead of the game. So I think that's a great point is a lot of people as, as awful as the environment we're in and the situation is that, people will also use this as an excuse not to push themselves, not to encourage themselves, not to find new opportunities. And with all my clients, I'm trying to get them to think about this time rather than going, Oh, let's see what happens when it ends is that actually everyone's going to be anxious and stressed when it ends because they're going to go, Oh, hang on. What, what do I do now? How do I, how do I revert back to this way of life? And what do I, and I want all of my clients to go, jump ahead of that queue or jump ahead of that line in whatever area and go, this is right. I, you, you're all sort of working out what to do. I know what to do. So uh, I couldn't agree with exactly. you. Exactly. And one perfect example of that is even just the podcast. As a media girl, originally I was thinking of podcast guesting as an alternative, additional thing to media and another media yeah. spot, which it obviously is. But what I've learned, like I said, and I wasn't thinking at all about the marketing mm-hmm. is it's a, it's huge for networking and huge for marketing, literally four. And as of today, I think five podcasters out of the 50 or 60 that I've been on the show have approached me to hire me. And that wasn't even something I was looking for, but because, you know, especially for B2B services, right. We're all building our brands. Mm-hmm. We're all, and when we hear about things, it's like, Oh, gee, that, that would work. So because of that, what I started to think now, and I'll never stop doing the PR because I love doing the, the work in the serotonin rush of getting those media hits <laughs> to the client. I got you in the reader's digest or whatever. <laughs> Oh, it's fun. But I've noticed too, I've opened up a giant opportunity for myself that I wasn't even thinking about because now on the other end of COVID, I'll be able to say by then I'll have done literally 164 podcasts that I've got booked between last October and this April, speaking to entrepreneurs and executives. So nobody on any planet would be able to say that I'm not an amazing speaker to be put on any platform. So a part of what I'll be doing is segueing into speaking more about PR 
and and explaining to entrepreneurs why they need it and looking for speaking engagements. So I've literally developed a whole new part of my business that I didn't even expect to just mm. by sitting here talking to podcasters like you thinking, oh, geez, now I can, you know, turn that around. So yeah, the, that's what I'm telling my clients. He's yeah. that same thing. This is the time to use Absolutely. Because I mean, I work with everybody from celebrities to entrepreneurs. So I know it when I say everybody right now is in the same position, mm -hmm. no matter, you know, they're all sitting in front of the computer, no matter how well named known their name is wondering what's next and how do I navigate. So basically, I mean, and I can tell because I work with celebrities that everybody from the celebrity to the solo entrepreneur is doing the exact same thing we're doing right now, sitting in front of a screen, you know, the screen and wondering how to navigate this new world. And that is so in some ways it's, it's leveled the playing field. So obviously there's still people with privilege and those without, but everybody right now is sitting in front of the computer trying to figure out how to navigate this world. What can I do? What's going to happen? So what that means is A, you have a lot more opportunities, like I said, they're out there and B, to network with those people. If, if you have an idea, reach out to somebody. Don't even be intimidated who they are. If, you know, think about it. This is a whole new world and nobody knows where they're gonna be in the space and how to come out of it. So get your thinking cap on, you know, <laughs> and, and figure out how to position yourself and then you'll be in a good place. Absolutely, absolutely. And so for for those listening who, who might not know who you are, Tracy, could you tell what? us a bit more about, <laughs> about your story and about your journey and how you've got to this place full of energy? So, yeah, um, the, the story of how I arrived here is a long one, but essentially where I am now is I'm an international award-winning publicist working across industries. And what that means is my, my job is essentially to, um, I thought of this on a podcast, is to celebrate and elevate what other people are doing. So basically I shine a light on the amazing things creatives are doing, filmmakers, musicians, artists, all those people that you normally think of when you think of a publicist. But the other side of my business and a very huge part of my business is solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, small business, medium business, um, and getting them media attention, getting them on, on stages, getting them an award, just getting them in the public eye uh, in different ways. And when I talk about who my client lists are, people are often surprised because everyone knows, you know, celebrities, sure. But when I say it's also, you know, small business owners like um, uh, a luxury real estate agent and healthcare providers and somebody who, you know, invented a hair care product and you know all that stuff so really is anybody no matter what you're an expert in there are media opportunities for you and the super fun part of my job is showing people that's actually real they hire me they've never done any media and then all of a sudden a week later they've got you know profiles of them and articles and readers digest quotes and they're like what because hey, it's not magic there's a the, the whole world of media is something that people just don't know how to navigate but there are ways in and that's mm. what I teach people and, and how people do and so what made you want to elevate other people's you know other people's messages or other people's worth and obviously an extremely noble thing to do but what made you go yeah that's absolutely what I want to do in life well it started I never want I never thought about being a publicist when I was young I wanted to be a journalist or a writer and then that just went along the wayside as most childhood dreams do and I was kind of in a um, early sale you know just entry-level sales and whatever telemarketing and most jobs in my early 20s and certainly PR and you know VIP parties and all those things were not on the radar because I didn't have that kind of education I didn't grow up in that world but um 
I was an activist and an advocate, and that's actually what brought me to that in a really crazy roundabout way, which is I found out in my 20s, uh, myself and my husband, Dave Parkinson, we had a radio show, CIUT um, FM radio in Toronto, and, when that, and that was kind of an activist show where we brought up issues of anti-racism, things people would call social justice. I'm happy to be a social justice warrior, kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I still don't know how that's an insult. But anyway, um, so we had a radio show where we talked about all those issues. And when that radio show was no more, we were just doing our regular sales jobs, uh, the internet came along. So that gave us a platform to talk about things that we cared about. So we were just making a little page in the early days of the internet when it was easy to do that. Um, just to share some links about things that disturbed us or things that we thought needed attention. And somehow we fell upon the case of Jimmy Dennis, who was a factually innocent man, still on death row in Pennsylvania. He'd been convicted in 1992 of a case that we, uh, we now know, the whole world now knows. He had absolutely nothing to do with, absolutely not even connected, didn't know the people. But at that time he was convicted of, um, he was convicted and he was on death row. And we found out about this case and we didn't any knowledge about the death penalty, any thought about working in that kind of world or anything um, in advocacy, but something called us to write him and say, well, how innocent can this guy be? Send us your information. He did, he sent us 18 pages, small letters written on both sides, documented all kinds of whatever court information he had in his cell. Later, we were able to go into the courts and thanks to Jim and Tanya Sneed who paid for, you know, tons of boxes of evidence, which is frightening. Cause I mean, if you're just alone in a cell, this is, you can't get help unless somebody's willing to go and pay thousands of dollars for your files. And all that. So lucky, Jimmy was lucky that he managed to get a small group of us that did. And ultimately that was the introduction to the death penalty for us. And it was terrifying and horrifying that a factually innocent man so clearly innocent could could still be going through the steps and it ultimately took 20 years 25 years before he was released in 2017 we got involved in 1998 so obviously that was a long long journey mm. and that's where i learned to write my first press release <laughs> so oh, it wasn't a job it wasn't anything to do with a business or thinking about being a publicist it was how do we get information out about this website we made and about this guy so i literally went to the alta vista which is the precursor to google and i literally learned how to write a press release there for immediate release wow paragraphs contact and i found i found it two years ago my first press release and i was like that was a good press release <laughs> it was good, right um and we ended up getting attention not stateside because it's very hard at that in those days to get um attention for somebody who was still convicted it was before all the days of all the wrongful conviction podcasts and all those things so if someone was there that's it they were done it mm. was very hard so they were out but internationally we got some attention and we managed to get you know everything from der spiegel to whatever turkey and you know netherlands and australia and ultimately a little team came together and we stuck together for years and years and like jimmy dennis would always say never never give up and i give him credit as our project manager really from that cell in death row because he kept us all inspired and you know and uh about two years before he was released this is where i'd come back into a business story i suddenly had a light bulb moment huh like I, it was literally like if you could light a light bulb in a cartoon above my head i suddenly realized wait a minute because we had 20 years then of doing all this messaging not just for jimmy dennis but then we formed a group called the canadian coalition he's definitely because we were so disturbed what we what we learned about the u.s justice system through the jimmy dennis case and then that um though it wasn't easy to get information attention for Jimmy Dennis, our organization, the Canadian Coalition Against the Death Penalty, got a whole lot of attention because we did the radical thing in those days of 
and prisoners had no access to the internet, so they never looked at the internet. But we did the radical thing of taking the information they would give us, put it on the internet for people to see it unfiltered, mm. not on the true crime show, not through the prosecutor's eyes. And that was, I mean, the world freaked out. It was major news for years, stateside, all over, you know, Europe. And so that's where we learned to be on the hot seat, to deal with the media. We never, we were never crushed. We were always respected because we were always were able to speak well. Anyway, that that's the hot seat. When I learned, you know, it wasn't just with the innocent guy on death row, but we started to do work on the, on the American death penalty. So it was a very... Um, you had to be like this. You had to know your stuff. You had to be ready to be confronted by media. You had to, and you had to be good at communications. So in 2015, it actually hit me. Wait a minute, as I was making telemarketing calls, that I didn't want to do this again anymore. I didn't want to make literally at that next hour. I didn't want to make 25 more calls for something I didn't care about anymore. And it hit me like a brick. I was like, wait a minute, these are. Those, all that stuff I've been doing, those are actually like my, my skills I can monetize, not the death penalty stuff. I would yeah. never yeah, pay, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. pay for that, but the um, writing the press releases and dealing with media. And from that moment, I literally went, you know, started doing freelance work about a year after that. I was brave enough to go say, well, I guess I'm a business and start as a general partnership. And that was five years ago. And this year, in the middle of COVID, I'm proud to say we scaled the heck up and we incorporated. So now we're a corporation and that's a whole other thing. And I hope we <laughs> a job creator this next year and, you know, get other people jobs. I don't care if they've been in PR because I didn't get trained for it. I'll train them. I just want the personality and the people that would be good at this. Fantastic. I mean, that's fantastic. I mean, what an education as well. And I've just written down, um, you know, a load of different things that I want to ask you, especially about your business. But I, but I can't help not ask about that particular case because such a, a monumental case, obviously one that had a profound effect on you. And so just just one or two questions on that is... Absolutely. We still mm -hmm. talk every day. Jimmy Dennis is still a major part. He's our family. We still call him our brother. He calls every day and says, how's my niece and nephew? So oh, happy. Nice. And I say, I tell him every day that I still talk about him on these podcasts and we laugh about how, <laughs> you know, they're business podcasts and I end up yeah. turning them into like human rights to the death penalty. And, and then I call him up and I say, we just had another episode of, you know, the Jimmy Dennis business show. <laughs> so we love that. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, to be in that situation, in that position... I, it sounded great because it sounded like he he gave you all that kind of he had a level of spirit and encouragement that, that allowed you to persevere as well as well as your own level to do so i wanted to ask about from your side and from his side what you feel like you both and obviously your team of people as well had internally that allowed you to stick around with that because a lot of people can't stick around for that long for something like that what do you think he had what do you think you have that allows you to do so yeah that's where i said that project manager thing because i started to think about that recently in those terms you know before yeah. that it was we were just going along you know as you go along we're gonna do it we're gonna do it but then recently you know when i'm telling this story i look back with that's a 20 and just thinking about it as, as a campaign you know yeah. we weren't thinking about it as a campaign in those days we were thinking about we're saving our friend's life right yeah. But thinking, but thinking about it as a campaign, yeah, 20 year, like, how do you maintain that group of people, we had like eight or nine people that for like a good decade, they weren't all there at the beginning, and they weren't all there at the end, but you, for a good decade, there was a like strong, you know, people that, that that was a major part of their life, and he and Jimmy Dennis was a stranger to all of us, so like, there was that wanting justice, but also what else, right? 
So I really credit him with that, with, you know, he, he did so much work from that jail cell. You know, he had to write, like, imagine that, you know, when you're at a center of death, yeah. that kind of trauma and, you know, and that's what's amazing to me. And he had, every day he would get up and, right? You know, just communicate with all of us. And like, this is what, talk to my mom. To, and I don't mean he would, like, we were campaigning, but I mean, he really had, he has to be the strength center of that because it'd be so easy for everybody to be like, I've got 15 other things in my life right now that's calling my attention. You know, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, I gotta pay the bills, which all is true. And then all we had with this person was a stranger, was letters. And then, you know, once a week phone call. So that's a miss, you know, I don't know. I still say like, I mean, I'm not a religious person, but or from about whatever that is, yeah. if there's any spirituality in the world, that's what it makes me believe it in a bit. Because like, why? Why do we even find that letter? Why did or that um, call out that he had that little thing? I'm innocent on death row. What? What made us write to death row in the first place? Right. Like, yeah, that's a question. Absolutely. I, that's so like because it was actually not just sending an email. We it was the old you know we had to actually write a letter. <laughs> put it in an envelope, right. go buy a stamp, and then go and mail it to death row. And we don't yeah. know that person. But I'm so grateful that we did. But so sometimes you you know the universe, I don't know. Yeah, it's impossible to to quantify that thing, that force that allows us all creates a, a a pathway or a, or a particular road or journey that you couldn't really expect. But uh whatever it is, it's obviously led you to great things and so i want to want to get into a little bit about your uh about your business but you, you mentioned about writing and you said about you know tra- training people in pr and things like that and it's something i have an interest in when, when it comes to people's messages or messaging what do you think is the most important part of it because a lot of people i think put a lot of emphasis in terms of how sharp and how polished it is and i don't know about you but i feel like messaging maybe in the last decade possibly because you've got so many different mediums now on social media and et cetera, is it's more about honesty and being able to communicate who you are personally and actually empathy and things like that more so than this really sharp, polished piece. Now, obviously it's different in every medium, but I just wanted to ask your expert opinion. When you are conveying a message, what is the most important part? I absolutely agree with you in genuine about uh, authenticity and genuineness in, in messaging and also just in your own in, in your own messaging and business in terms of who you are and how you present yeah. yourself and everything. Especially these days, as you said, with a million forums and all that. If you're not authentic, if you're trying to be what you think someone should be, you're gonna you know you're gonna be found out. You're not going to be. You just won't resonate. You know, there's too many for you. You're going to mess up. You're going to not sound authentic. So just be authentic. Don't be afraid to be your authentic self. I mean, I'm very successful in business. And if anybody had advised me, you know, 10 years ago when I'm starting my business and I say, I want to work across industries. I want to work internationally. I want to work. They probably would have said, number one thing you got to do is get rid of that bright red hair. (laughs) That's just not going to be taken there. You can't walk into boardroom. You can't. uh, you know what? Forget that. That's my, and now, now it's my brand. I joked the other day, I posted, my mom would really, I'm 51 and you know, I've had my hair like this since I was 20. And I said on, on Facebook the other day, my mom would really love me to just go back to go to my gray. She would just love me to stop dyeing my hair bright red. And people are like, but that's your branding. And so yeah. now it's like it's really turned into like a, a positive and everybody in the world would have said that was a negative. And also everybody in the world, if you're going to start, if you're saying, I think obviously I, I was not in my head that I was ever going to start a PR company when I was doing that death row stuff. I didn't even, yeah. you know, that was 10 years later that I had that res- 
revelation. But if you, if again, if you were going to advise somebody how to start a PR company where you're going to be mess giving, doing other people's messaging, and you would not necessarily advise them to start by building a giant international public profile personally on a controversial issue. Yeah. Right. Yeah, would you, absolutely. That wouldn't be. <laughs> so I've done all these things and nothing ever stopped you know, that you would be advised not to do. And in fact, they not only never stopped me, but they've been positives. So I'm sure there are people who Googled me who are maybe considering hiring me, but hadn't contacted. There's never one been, been a person who said, I'm not going to hire you because of this or that. I'm sure there are people who maybe decided that before they contacted me, maybe they looked me up and saw that death penalty stuff and were like, oh, pff, oh no, I want to kill them all and let God sort them out. I'm not having that death penalty. Yeah. You know, I'm not having that girl do it. But I never, and that's fine. The people, and I don't want to. Yeah. They wouldn't resonate yeah. with me in other ways, right? So the people that I do hear from are the ones who either that doesn't matter and they don't think about it, or the ones who they look at that. And I've had this in my early days when, because now when you Google my name, all this you know successful sure. PR stuff comes up. But 10 years ago, when you Googled my name, all this anti-death penalty stuff came out. Right. And the first time that ever came up in a business conversation, when someone said to me, oh, I, and I had, because I had a big presence, you couldn't Google my name and not find that, right? right. It was there. And the first time anybody did Google my name, I had a separate second call and they said, oh yeah, so I Googled you. And I thought, oh, this is there, I'm gone. <laughs> you know, right. I'm not getting this. And they said, looks like you're a real go-getter. And I was like, you're right. Like, so what they saw from that is like, clearly, you know how to get your messaging. It doesn't matter what, you know, like yeah. you're, and so, and, I, and they were right. And that's what I had done again. So in the end, you know, really, yeah, I mean, I guess in that, in some ways you have to follow these business things, but really, if you have confidence in yourself and you are really good at what you do and you can find avenues to do it, you get to the point where now, you know, that those same people that wouldn't have hired me. Now, when I come into a room, they're like begging me to speak and go and, you know, be on their, you know what I mean? Go and speak on their, yeah. on their panels about how, how to get media attention. Whereas before, you know, they wouldn't have hired me because I got their bread hair in the boardroom. So, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> when I was doing my research, it's, you know, it's, it's the thing that those two things that you mentioned, they are the things that help you stand out, obviously. And, you know, in amongst where you just get a sea of content, you know, people, People are drowning information, but they're really looking for insight. And so it takes something different to find someone who provides genuine insight and, and, and actually can help make you progress in a certain area. So to go back to that authenticity point, you work with celebrities. Have you had to speak to them and say, this isn't you? Like what they were already doing, this isn't you. This isn't, I can tell this isn't you. Or we need to show, you know, you've got this great background, a great story or great thing you're doing right now you but you don't know how to communicate it obviously that's why they want to work with you but do you have to have those conversations saying what you're currently doing isn't you as a person and what's that like having that conversation yeah sometimes yeah exactly not only just with celebrities but just because people have a perception but individual like uh high level executives too because again people have a perception of what that person is supposed yeah. to be like what they're supposed to and you know it's like no again come back to you there is no there is no supposed to especially now like you said just be literally be yourself and I, then i joke you unless unless yourself is like a horrible racist terrible person then you need to do some you know yeah. then you need to do some work on yourself and then we're confident that <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll come back to social media we can all be happy i had to put that aside because some people have, have seen them be themselves this year and it's not pleasant <laughs> and it doesn't make people want to work with them <laughs> but you know aside from 
behavior that we all agree as reasonable people, you know, is not acceptable. Be yourself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So differing I, opinions is one thing, but you know, respect as long I, I think it comes down to as long as you respect other people, then you can have a conversation. And if you, you know, all other people, if you don't respect all other people, then some of the things you're saying, we're going to see that in, you know, but I mean, opinion is one thing, as long as your opinion can be attached to respecting all other humans, then yeah. your opinion can be discussed and we can have a differing opinion. If yeah. your opinion is that, you know, some humans don't deserve to be respected, then obviously that's not sure, an opinion. Sure. Can, yeah. You know, <laughs> there's no way we can get past that one, right? But. So on that particular point, do you have, or have you had clients where that sort of point you, you just made then, where for their own good, there's certain parts that can't be emphasized, can't be communicated because actually they are flaws, they are problems, they are issues. Um, they still have value in a different way and we can present that, but they actually have those types of flaws or opinions or whatever it might be that we go, actually, we need to find a way to cut, ideally change those, ideally, but, so but otherwise... I would agree with that, right? I think that would be the norm. But me personally, I wouldn't take that client. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm an absolute advocate first and every single person that I take... I either love what they're doing or I really, or, you know, like here's something amazing in the world, which would, they wouldn't be like that if they were doing, or it's, you know, I really resonate with that person and I just want to see them successful with the little job they're doing or whatever. So I have had some situations where I wasn't aware that somebody had that kind of a thinking pattern. And that came up this year twice, once where they, I think they just, I don't know. I think it came when they didn't realize that. And the other one that I, I think it, they, they became, they started thinking that way in the light of all this QAnon and whatever else stuff was going on. Thankfully, in both instances, in one instance, it was a past client who occasionally comes back, you know, to hire me again. And I was, and I, I made that no longer a possibility. I literally blocked it on everything, and we were, we didn't have anything current, so it didn't matter. And the other one was about two weeks from the end of a contract, a musician who all of a sudden got these crazy ideas in her head about the QAnon and stuff, which started to lead to all this other stuff. That, and she didn't say anything outright racist, but I was like, we're at, uh, this is, you know, problematic. Yeah. And I literally tried to talk to her as a friend and whatever, try to show her like, you know, not even just because I'm working with you, because this is not stuff you should be putting on your messaging. It's not helpful to you you've built a 10-year career a lot of people like you I look at that now and I'm going to be like who's this whack job and I will be sharing it and telling people to stop. you know so I'm like you need to yeah. stop doing that right and it was just 100% the other way no 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 you, you just just dig the heels in and whatever and so I, I was just did not allow them to renew the contract so I feel like I'm lucky that that didn't happen when we were in the middle of a contract and I would you know because I would have an ethical issue I would probably just refund their money yeah, that's great. No, that's great. That's great to hear. And uh, and it's nice that you can, I guess, have that kind of relationship where it's to be a, at least in this kind of uh, area or niche in their life to be a mentor to them as well. It's nice that it sounds like you have that personal relationship with them. That, that means a lot to people. Um, so when I talk to people about self-belief or confidence, I, I, I tell a story of when I was younger, I had a, I had a, a coach, uh, a football coach who said, David, you really need to believe in yourself more. And I, they, they turned and walked away and I said, how? And I, they said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, you told me I need to believe in myself. How do I do that? 
and they were just completely blank. And it's the sort of question where if you ask anyone that, they don't have an answer. So to go back to the point in terms of being yourself, might be a hard question, might not even be one you think of in these terms, but when you tell people to be more like themselves or be authentic, how do you actually get people to do that? Because a lot of people don't even really know who they are. So how do you get people to steer towards that? Don't know who they are. Yeah, that's an interesting point there. How do you... (laughs) that's true because when you say to them just be just be, you know <laughs> and they're like um i'm so busy trying to pretend to be who i am yeah, so, you know yeah but i'm not actually sure what that is but um i would say it comes down to just stop second guessing yourself stop you know uh, you know when you and uh, you know and honestly when you because it comes down to the two when I, I often really accomplished people will send me their details of their bio not an actual bio but just a point for me to put together in a bio i talk about this a lot and then i'll put it together in like you know like a, nothing i haven't made anything up i'm just putting it together the way you would in like a magazine profile and they honestly this has happened four or five times almost exact same words specifically women where they'll say to me oh my god you made me sound so good and i'm like that's literally that's like, like I didn't even research yeah. I didn't go and look up any information this is literally everything that you gave me you are that good I literally just put it in a paragraph using some yeah. compelling words you know but that shows me that right there that the answer to the that sounds like it's not the answer to your question but it is because they don't realize that, that they are already accomplished they are already so really it's just be yourself just stop worrying about what other people are thinking i know that's not easy to do either but i mean if you can train yourself to start thinking yeah. that's who yourself is the you that you are when nobody else is in the room right when you're like not trying to you know what do you, you know what i mean like so the interest that you have the things that you look up the things you care about that you know that when I, when you're not trying to impress other people that's you and that and you know and there's nothing wrong with you yeah unless you have those racist issues where you need to <laughs> check yourself <laughs> But, you know, ultimately, even if you have those issues, you just need to check yourself and realize those are fear based and ignorance based. You know, I don't mean that in a rude way. I mean, you know, know, or it's fear based or you're working on information that somebody's given you that is not actually true. You know, so people, everybody thinks they're right and nobody thinks they're a bad guy. And so when we realize in conflict, too, even when we deal with people that we find super hateful, that as an activist, I'm like, man, I don't even want that in my table. I have to check myself to realize a person was not born that way. There's some information going on. There's some something going on here because everybody believes they're a good person. So in order to behave that way, there's something that we need to address. You know what I mean? So I always try to think of that way not think of people as my enemy yeah because i know especially now times are so i was especially when talking america lately i've been saying you guys are so polarized right now that you don't even you're so like eh, looking like before you even meet somebody before you even like ask their name you want you're already looking for the signs they might be on the other side so you can punch them or throw something at them or call them a name yeah you know before you even know a thing about them they're literally looking for those signs first so they're like this instead of like this you know like further apart instead of closer together and it's the point where i don't even know how it can be fixed so it's that same kind of thing believe in yourself be genuine don't you know and and believe that other people are not like their opponent is not the devil there's no person i know this from my death penalty work i've dealt with people that have like murdered people you know, that you yeah. that need to be in a cage for whatever impulse. And yet we say in the death penalty work, everybody is more than the worst thing they've ever done. And that's a fact. It's not an, it's not a, it's not a, 
airy fairy thing. It's just a fact. Everybody is more. You and I, as well as that killer, none of us would want to be identified only by the war. Even if we're not, even if we haven't done anything that bad, none of us would want to be identified only by that one thing because it wouldn't make us look, you know. However, obviously, none of us by that same thing. I also say because I work with celebrities, nobody is as good as their, you know, <laughs> nobody is as good as their best day either. <laughs> so, yeah. but the reality, I work with celebrities. I work with people on death row. I work with you know world leaders or country leaders and i always say if i could put 100 if i could put 50 of those people death row prisoners musicians celebrities politicians all in a room together and take off their uniforms i bet you, you all wouldn't get you wouldn't have any idea who was who yeah you're probably, yeah, you're probably right you're probably right and so how how has communication in america changed in the last <laughs> 10 years do you think how is it going to change? How has it changed? Oh, how has the change? If you feel it has, I don't know if you feel like it has. Absolutely it has. In so many, especially, I mean, I don't know if you mean communication in terms of just people or in terms of my business or, your business, or I think yeah, in your general. Business. Yeah, yeah. I think in general, yeah, because, you know, you, well, I was thinking in terms of my business when you first asked it, but it's the same thing in general yeah. because uh, the internet obviously was the giant change, right? But then even that was 20 years ago, but in the last 10 years since the internet, as big a change as the internet was, I think the the Twitterverse was the second as big a change. So when the early days of the internet, we had the dot coms and we had email. When I started my work, that's what we were doing. We were reaching out by email. There was yeah. no Facebook. Yeah. Someone mentioned to me lately, I forgot that when I did all the death penalty work, there wasn't a Facebook and there wasn't a Twitter. We had email. And we thought that was amazing. But now that I think about it, someone said to me, wow, you did all that work before you could just tweet reporters. Before you could just, I said, like, oh my God, that's right. Now, So now we have all this communicate, not just in terms of reporters and media, yeah. but we have the communication tools times 10. From 10 years ago now and that's changed everything obviously you know something for good i think but also twitter i don't even like twitter i stay on facebook and instagram personally even though twitter is super important and for conversations and there's a lot of politics there's just so much crap there and yeah. that's where all the angry people are and all the people who don't want to have a conversation feels like that i and personally i don't even use it as a social i mean i'm on it but i, I prefer facebook where people seem to be more like talky you yeah, know you know and on facebook you know you can even though you're limited you only have five thousand people that you're talking to, which is the negative of it at least when i go to their page i see their children their aunt their dog their they have a more whole life whereas i think on twitter it's like i'm the angry person that's just here to yell at you, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. i've never had that experience but i just in general with the twitter yeah, you know, i agree you know so there are definitely changes in the way we've communicated for good and for bad i think as a result of all these socials we have and it's unfortunate i think that shows a bad side of human nature because we've been given every tool here and i i think i've used it in an amazing way like not me in a job but i mean me people like i use it to communicate not i'm talking about work here i mean i've used it before i started my company i've used reaching out to people and talk to people i've built this amazing network on facebook of people that are real friends all kinds of people from all around the world and we all have a different window into each other's whatever and you know i think when you have that it's a lot harder to hate people right when you can see their aunt and their mother and their whatever and their you know but we we don't look at that we look at just what do you who are you and what do you what flag are you waving and I, you know we have not 
sucks. And I mean, I've been on my, you know, I've been on the other, I've been, you know, the lefty yelling just as much, right? But now I realize that, no, it's no, that's not, we can't do that anymore. If we're just screaming and yelling at each other, yeah. it's, this is where it's brought us. And we're not having the conversation, we're getting further and further. And more and more people who maybe are good people, who maybe aren't, you know, racist or whatever, are getting pulled into those other things and then we're all just mad and there's no you know it's just gone nuts so people need to like stop listen the way we do one-on-one how do we have a conversation one-on-one how do we hear each other we shut up and listen we listen first and if we start doing that then we'll realize every human on the planet no matter where you live or what you have you you know what you don't agree on no matter whatever we still have 90 percent of the stuff we have in common so we stop talking about those 10 percent of things and we talk about how we love our kids or we're traumatized we all those things that we could be talking about that we would be agreeing on and and bonding over instead of deciding on you know what minute little things we can find to shoot each other over or not even minute some of these things are hugely important but we can have these conversations and make things right you know without looking for enemies under every barrier uh, yeah, and I and I think TV screws us up because communication on TV shows or any other kind of thing is entertainment, and it therefore it's it's mostly about conflict. If you watch kind of any reality TV show or whatever it might be, the communication is a form of conflict, and I think it confuses people when they think, "Oh, that's communication," and they're up that's on the pedestal. So therefore, that must be effective communication, and it screws up the day to day kind of dialogue or talking about important issues so i agree with That's everything a really you just good said. Point. yeah um i have what, was, uh, what i wanted to know was i think for the people listening who a lot of people listening to this be entrepreneurs or have their own brands or have their own thing going on not to simplify what you do but if you had a few insights that you could give people to help them amplify their message, right? Very top line themes in terms of what people could be doing better. I think people listening would really appreciate that. So if you had two or three things. Yeah. Um, So if you have a, the first thing is if you have, if you're in the media, if you have a business or whatever, you're used to thinking advertorial. So you need to kind of forget that everything you've learned about advertorial and your product is not what you're doing. You're thinking editorial. So editorial versus advertorial messaging. So editorial is where you have a story, you're presenting content, you know, and, and if you're going to be reaching out to any media, whether it's a newsroom or a podcaster, the number one thing is, A, make sure you understand their audience and what they're, who they're aiming at, because otherwise it's just ridiculous and you will burn bridges sure. instead of building them. And number two is that pitch. Your pitch about you, every pitch is different, you know, depending on what you're going to be talking about, what you're going to say, but your core pitch, which is your about you, which is not the same as your bio. It's like a little paragraph, at the mo- you know, maybe two, but it's got the compelling stuff that makes you a guest. It's got some stuff from your bio, but it is, is, is you know, what makes you an expert. And um, there are a whole bunch of different ways. So that's if you want to reach out to mainstream media, but there's a whole bunch of easier ways that you can do like right now um, before you get your head around all that, which is look for things like, first understand that you're an expert. Number one, you are an expert. You are just as worthy of speaking on podcasts and being interviewed about your field as anybody else. And that's a key right there because before you, you know, people don't really understand that. They say, well, I'm just a whatever. And those people on TV are what, no, the people on award show, the people on TV, who are doing your job, they're just the same as you, except for they told the media about it. For some reason, they got in their 
you know, they got noticed. So how do you do that? Well, in the podcast world, there's things like Podmatch and um, uh, Matchmaker.fm and a whole bunch of services that will connect you with podcasters. So once you have that little pitch, you can reach out to podcasts and that might be, you know, because there's some of them that are huge and have 300,000 downloads a day that are hard to get on as media. There's others that are just starting out that are really looking for content and you can start building your thought leadership that way. If you're a writer, I don't know if you think about Medium, but a lot of people think Medium is like Huffington Post. It's not. Medium is something anybody can go and write yeah. on. You put a picture on, you write up the thing, and it literally looks like HuffPost. It looks like an article. And actually, if enough people read, you know, if they love it, then they'll put it on the front page and it is HuffPost, you know. But, but basically, starting to generate those little things in easy ways that you can do yourself. And then go over to Hera, which is Help a Reporter Out and Source Bottle in Australia, which those will blow your mind and you'll see literally these are free services, hundreds of requests every day from reporters and I've gotten clients not even using press releases just pitching them to these reporters who are already doing stories I've gotten them in uh, New York Times Reader's Digest The New Yorker Good Housekeeping just responding to those and what those are is reporters saying uh, with a deadline of Tuesday at two I'm looking for a real estate agent who can tell me about how houses are sold with, you know, yellow paint that makes them sell more or whatever. Yeah. Literally every in, in generic industry, like things like looking for an entrepreneur who can talk about mindset, uh, not, you know, looking for like literally across the board. And that's, of course, you have to, you can't just say, I'm Bob, I can talk about that. You have to present your pitch and say, hey, this is what I say about that. This is about me. And they're getting a whole bunch of them, right? So they could be getting a hundred or maybe yeah, 10, yeah. depending. But you got a direct line to that reporter that they're reading every single one of them. If you if your pitch is strong enough and you make then you're in all of a sudden you're in Reader's Digest. Mm-hmm. You get one thing like that is career building. And so that's what I do is, you know, I, I teach people how to do that and also do it. So that basically get your pitch together. So your confidence and then your little mini pitch together, build up a couple of things by using things like medium and podcasts. They're younger ones that are just starting to get guests where they're, you know, if you're an expert, credible, then you can get a, a spot. And then you have those couple of things and then you can go up and try to get other things and try to get other things. Great. Well, I, yeah, I'll look into a few of those myself as well. But uh, no, I'm sure that they're really, really helpful resources. Yeah, those are gold. I'm telling you, those are <laughs> really good. Like those are resources that we use a lot. And I, you know, but you just have to remember, like it's all in how you use them, yeah. right? Because you can use them to not do it right, and then be like, I don't know what that girl was talking about. <laughs> she, I got nothing. You know. Meanwhile, I do the same things, and I get fifty that day. So it's yeah. all about, and it's not because I'm a publicist, because they don't care. They're just looking for content. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. awesome. So before I t- we talk about where people can find out more about you, I want to ask you one more question, which was. When you started doing this, um, this particular work that you're doing now, you would have had a a picture or a vision in your mind of where you could have taken that. And it might have been, you know, I don't know how big that picture was, but you'll have had an, an idea, a picture or a vision. So the first question is, at this point, does it look like the picture you had when you for the first thought, oh, it, it feels like this. And the second question is, what footprints do you want to leave in the sand for other people to follow? So first question is, does it look like the picture that you thought it was going to look like? 
I could never, you know, honestly, if I had pictured this, I would have told myself I was crazy. I could not <laughs> ever have imagined that I'd be winning these kind of awards. I certainly couldn't have imagined that. I mean, the travel in 2019 before the world closed, I had nine business trips on eight different projects to five countries on four continents, all paid for by some other people. So like I would never, ever have dreamed or pictured yeah that or the vip parties or all that but uh, you know or that rosa parks cousin would come to me for six wow. years i'm working with her you know things like that with these amazing so no this is way i could never literally never have dreamed this job for myself honestly it's beyond what i would have dared to i wouldn't have imagined it and it like it, how did it happen literally step by step so i learned how to write that press release then i thought okay gee i'm gonna I think I'll just start doing this for some, you know, but because I am who I am and I know how to do what I do, every little success I know how to build on. And I build on and I talk about it, I talk about it and I go to it and I'm not shy. And I go to the next one, I go to the next step. You know, and that's what I tell my clients to do. You just keep building, you just keep, you know, because I had zero education. Not only did I not have education in communications or PR, I have no secondary education. I graduated with honors in grade, you know, grade, grade 13 in those days, now it's just grade 12. And then I went to light. I had to start working. I just started working. I had to live, right? I yeah. always wanted to go to school, but never could. So literally, I could never have imagined that I could have the, the job that other people, they, you know, they put on TV as the cool job. Yeah. And then, I would then, then further advanced so much now that I'd be on stages telling other people how to do it. So this is definitely not what I was thinking. <laughs> I was just trying to write a press release to get a guy off death row. And then I was just going to keep being in t telemarketing probably till I died. Right? <laughs> just an entry level sales jobs where other people would pay me. I didn't even conceive of having building a business. It's like I started doing it, then realized it was a business and then made the business bigger and then made the big business even bigger. How would I tell people, you know, so, so my, I have a really weird trajectory. It's hard to follow my exact trajectory, but I would say, what I would say is you don't need to, clearly you don't need to go to school for five years for PR. It's four years. I have no idea what they teach in four years. I'm sure it's awesome. And I'd like to hire somebody to come from there and, you know, do whatever. I don't know. They taught them in four years, but I mean, like I said, I've built to the top of my field. I'm not, I've never done that. You know what I mean? So I don't think you need that in PR. I think what you need in PR is a, a really certain personality skill, which you have to have the enthusiasm. You have to be a generalist. You have to be good at figuring things out quick. You have to be good at communicating. You have to be trustworthy. You have to not be impressed by celebrities. These are things they can't teach you in a yeah. four-year course. You have to already be that person and then just learn how to write the press release. Mm -hmm. And what footprints would you like to leave for other people going forward to follow? to be fully confident in themselves. That's what it all comes down to is just if you, you know, don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it. Don't let anybody tell you you're not good enough. And I know these are cliche things that people hear and it doesn't mean a lot, but honestly, like this has been my trajectory. I was, the, the, you know, I should not have ever been able to do all the things I've been able to do. It's been purely just on literally on confidence, and mindset without even believing in those things i was never one to read the secret I, I don't like all that stuff i'm never like go like i just thought that was all crap i just never paid attention to it i just kept on living and kept on doing it i'm just me and you know what you're not going to let me you're not going to tell me i can't do it i've yeah. always been that way and i think that strength of character because it became stronger because i kept on because i didn't you know because i kept believing in myself things kept working and you know I've, i never fail at stuff and it wasn't doing business it wasn't trying to make money in those days or i'd be a billionaire now i've only started that caring about business the last couple of years so watch in two years mm. i'd be surprised where i'm at right from the job creation next because everything you know like 
I've always believed I could do stuff right down to helping. And of course, it wasn't just me. It was a team and a bunch of lawyers and everything. But right down to, you know, getting that guy off death row and not turning away from that. That's crazy. Who would have ever believed we could yeah. have any part of doing that? We're in Canada, kids in our 20s, in a basement, in another country with no legal expertise and, you know, nothing. We had nothing except the belief that, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to help that guy. So that's what it all comes down to. Follow, like, just believe in yourself, not because of the secret, not because of the book, not because of all this crap, but because you don't want to, I mean, you've gotten this far. You don't want to let anybody tell you, you, you've made it this far through all that, every, every human, everything you've been through in life, all the people who told you, you couldn't do it, everything hard, whether you're up at the top where you want to be right now, or whether you're just making it, you wouldn't have got this far to only get this far. So that's what I like to leave behind. So I tell Jimmy Dennis all the time when he's still a little stressed and PTSD, you know, yeah. like we didn't get this. He always said, never, never give up. And he was right because he's free. And so now when we have those little moments, they say, you know what? We didn't get this far to only get this far. Because I was a telemarketer, me and my husband, and you were on death row and they were going to kill you and no one was listening. And now you're recording music and in Rolling Stone magazine and on panels with Ja Rule. And I'm an international award-winning publicist. Look at us. Let's keep going. <laughs> and that's for all of us, right? If you were going to jump off a bridge yesterday, but you didn't, you're still here. All the stuff that you've dealt with all this time, you're still here. Why are you still here? Because you got to keep going. There's, there's more to it. I love that. And uh, I, I completely fallen for your energy during this conversation. Um, it's infectious. So uh, Tracy, for people who want to find out more about you and interested in what you do, where can they find you? So I am at lamorimedia.com on the dot com. Uh, I live on Facebook, Tracy Lamori. That's L-A-M-O-U-R-I-E. Um, I am on Instagram, which is where you can see all my projects and interviews a lot really quickly, is Tracy Lamori PR Media. And you can email me, lamoripr at gmail.com. I do work internationally, anywhere in the English-speaking world. Is anybody listening? If you're like, gee, show me. I don't believe you can really get me media. Do a 30-minute conference <laughs> call. And I'll, show you, I'll tell you how I can. <laughs> and you can also phone me with that old technology in uh, Canada at 289-788-5881. Or my Beverly Hills number, which, to be genuine and honest, really just goes back to my Canadian number. Right, sure. But it does save. <laughs> I don't have a Beverly Hills office, but it does save my you know, California clients that are long distance, 424-444-8052. Tracy, awesome. Thank you very, very much for your time. And um, I hope you uh, continue success in what you're doing. Thank you so much, David. I really appreciate it. I love the podcast. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.